Welcome to a ride on the outside. MMA is full of people on the inside. But what about the ones that watch from beyond? Welcome to the MMA Outsiders with Tom Albano and Zan Bando on the Empty the Bench Podcast Network. Uh, the MMA Outsiders is back once again. A little unnatural being on a Tuesday, but them's the breaks in the business, I guess. Uh, that's Sam Bando. I'm Tom Bando, as always. And Sam, we've had a historical weekend, a very big weekend, all being at our own different things. I went to a ball game. You went to Game Red Boxing for... Uh, we had WrestleMania, which I know is on the professional wrestling side of things, but pro wrestling is going to play, well, a very big role in today's show, let alone, Zan, a big role in the combat sports world over the next several years, or let's face it, just forever now, with the historical news that we got to talk about today. Plus, of course, we still have UFC 287 this week that we got to talk about, previewing that card that airs on Saturday. Um, before we get to anything, however, do make sure you hit that like button. Make sure to subscribe. Hit the notification bell and uh, follow us on social media at MMA Outsiders ETB, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow the network at, face- at ETB Network on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, make sure to subscribe and ring the notification bell, like I said before, to get notified of everything. MMA Outsiders, empty the bench game on, so much more. That's Sam Bando. He's a writer at BJPenn.com. Find him on Twitter at Zambano99. I'm Tom Albano. You can find my work over at Fansided MMA, and you can follow me on Twitter at Thomas J. Albano. All right. Zan. Oh, and I want to actually throw away a couple more plugs. Don't forget to go to etbpodcast.com for, uh, to get more information on the Empty the Bench Network and blogs from our host and Empty the Bench Network. Uh, of course, if you missed it from... Uh, last week's Empty the Bench uh, sports show. Starting to uh, bring all of our shows over onto the different uh, audio platforms. So if you don't want to see Xanonai's faces anymore, that's fine. Soon enough, maybe even now, uh, got to double check. You could, you know, listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your audio platforms. Zan, I think, uh, oh, are you going to say something? Yeah, I gotta say, uh, being a podcast guy myself, it'll be nice to hear myself and yourself in audio form. So now I can send it to all my friends who'd rather not want to click on a YouTube video; they'd rather want to just listen to the show. For sure, and that goes that's going to go for all the shows eventually. I think we're still in the process, or they're all up right now. I gotta double check, and Nick's gotta fill me in uh, <clears throat> again. I know this is a little different, us being on Tuesday once again. We used to be on Tuesday mornings. We had shifted over to Wednesdays for accommodating stuff. But uh, let's say some behind-the-scenes happenings. The coverage of um, the NCAA championship game with Game On has forced us into a Tuesday morning uh, slot here. So apologies to everyone out there who's a little thrown off. Hopefully next week we will be back in our normal Wednesday morning time slot. A little disappointing. 
Or, yeah, I was just going to say, it's a little disappointing. And again, to reiterate Tom's point, we hope we'll be back on a regular schedule next week with what you guys are used to uh, hearing and seeing. Most of we just wanted to get that out of the way when sports are busy, especially at a time with the with the NCAA men's uh, basketball championship having taken place uh, last night when this will when this will uh, go out. Um, the, that means that sports are at are at a busy time of the year, and we just wanted to clarify that. Yeah. So uh, it also kind of is disappointing, Zan, to talk about because obviously we're going to talk about your experience at Game Bread Boxing. We'll talk about our boy in Bellator, Daniel James, get pulling off the big win. Uh, Brendan Logney in the PFL, and honestly, the PFL off too. Let's be honest, a pretty shitty start to its 2023 season. Uh, well said. And, then, and then UFC 287, of course. But And here's where it gets even more disappointing that we're on Tuesdays, Zan. Well, we're recording on Monday, airing on Tuesdays, because Zan... We're in the midst right now, like as we're recording this, and honestly, by the time it airs, too, of probably the biggest story in combat sports, Zan, I would say, since the UFC was purchased by Endeavor, which is funny enough to say because Endeavor, once again in the news, Endeavor, the parent company of the Ultimate Fighting Championship, is has finalized and, or well, is finalizing a deal to purchase the WWE Zan for over Vince McMahon's asking price of nine billion dollars. With the with yeah. the B with the pinky finger of Austin Powers, nine billion dollars. Yeah, that's a hefty uh that's a hefty chunk of change considering that now Combined, when you combine both companies, they'll be worth a worth a whopping twenty one point four billion. So that just that just goes to show how how massive this deal is. And truly, I mean, you you want to talk about you want to talk about some massive power and a lot of big egos. You're combining a lot of big egos into one deal, and it's going to be if not just a a media circus where they're going to both run separately, which according to several sources within the last uh, little while here um that is going to be the case but regardless it's going to be uh it's going to be big in terms of name value let's just let's just put it that way yeah for sure so as of the time we're recording again because again it's uh we're in the bits of a little bit of a weird schedule here at the ATB network this news is still breaking so we're recording this on Monday morning, turning Monday afternoon here where I am in New York. Uh, and right now, there has been a lot of information that is slowly starting to pour out over the next uh, few days, over the next uh, hours. And actually, Zan, sorry, I'm a little thrown off, but there is actually some boxing breaking news that we're going to have to discuss right after oh, this. Oh, what, oh, what is, oh, what is this? Uh, apparently the WBA has officially ordered Alexander Usyk to defend his three heavyweight world titles against Daniel Dubois. What? <laughs> what? That's a fight. So that nobody, that's, a, that's a fight that nobody asked for. <laughs> so just when you think we can't get any crazier, uh, we're going to be interrupted uh, live on our, uh, we're going to have to uh, adjust on the fly here. So... Oh wow! This is already oh, going wow. to hell. 
Oh, wow. Um, let's, let's stay with this. Let's stay with this because this is still the biggest sport, uh, sports news here. So um, here's the, here are the basics that we have. So this is right now as of Monday morning turning into Monday afternoon. So the deal is that the WWE has been purchased, as you said, by Endeavor, the parent company, the UFC, for $9 billion. Uh, Endeavor would have 51% control over... Uh, what it, let me, let, actually, you know, let me just read the CNBC article. This comes from Alex Sherman. This broke over WrestleMania, like in the midst, right before day two of WrestleMania started. Vince McMahon's World Wrestling Entertainment is in advanced talks to be sold to Ari Emanuel's Endeavor Group, the parent company of UFC, according to people familiar with the matter. A deal could be announced as soon as Monday. UFC and WWE are expected to form a new publicly traded company as part of the agreement. Um, Endeavor is slated to own 51% of the new combat sports entertainment company, while WWE shareholders would get 49%. The Endeavor deal gives WWE an enterprise value of $9.3 billion. And Ari Emanuel is expected to act as chief executive of both Endeavor and the new company. McMahon, likewise, is expected to be the executive chairman, while Endeavor, Mar- Endeavor president Mark Shapiro will also work in the same role as the new company. Dana White will remain as president of the UFC, while WWE CEO Nick Khan will serve as president of the wrestling business. And actually... um. John Pollock, who I believe was John Pollock, uh, who was a wrestling journalist in the wrestling journalism world, uh, reporting that Paul Levesque, a.k.a. Triple H, will remain as the creative uh, content officer for the WWE. Uh, trying to now flip over to uh, back to Twitter because there have been several statements posted about... Uh, this deal at this time, one from do Endeavor. You, after you read the Endeavor one, do you mind if I read Dana White's personal statement on this? Because I, I, I have it up here. Yeah, I'll read Endeavor. You can read Dana, and I'll read Vince McMahon. Uh, okay. This is from a, okay. this is from Ari Emanuel, the head of Endeavor, the company that now owns both the WWE and UFC. Quote, this is a rare opportunity to create a global live sports entertainment per play built for where the industry is headed. For decades, Vince and his team have demonstrated an incredible track record of innovation and shareholder value creation. That Endeavor can deliver significant additional value for shareholders by bringing UFC and WWE together. Zandi official statement from UFC President Dana White states. Absolutely. So, oh, um. So Dana White stated um, as, of, as of a couple of hours ago at the time of this recording, it says, quote, this company has been on fire for the last seven years. And now that we will be adding WWE to the portfolio, I'm excited to take this to another level. Vince is a savage in the wrestling space. Artie is a beast at what he does. And then add what we at the UFC bring to the table. And there is no limit to what this, accom- this company can accomplish in the next few years. It is from UFC President Dana White on the Endeavor breaking news with this new um, with this new partnership with the WWE as they're now under the same umbrella. I mean, it is kind of absolutely insane to really think about, Zan, that WWE and the UFC... Okay. Uh, 
and a statement from Vince McMahon. Very brief. Uh, together, we will be a 21-plus billion-dollar live sports and entertainment powerhouse with a collective fan base of more than a billion people and an exciting growth opportunity. Uh, I got to say, Zan, this is not something... I mean, I can't say it's not something I didn't see coming. I just didn't think that it was going to be Endeavor. So we're going to try to focus more on the MMA side of things because this is an MMA show. Probably what will happen is Nick Morgison and I will have more to talk about this um, later this week on Thursday on Empty the Bench, where we'll hopefully have more official finalized details about this uh about this new i don't mean to wordplay but endeavor that the ufc and wwe are going to be barking that's on. literally that's, that's literally what it is an, an endeavor with endeavor that's literally that's literally what that's literally what they're doing uh i just the reason i brought that up was because uh vince uh, for those who may not be aware of the inner workings with the WWE and everything or had missed it, uh, Vince, if you remember, retired back in July, one month after the Wall Street Journal broke several reports of uh, Vince McMahon allegedly paying off several women that he had uh, had affairs with. It was hush money, essentially. And there was questions about if he had used uh, company funds or not. Vince McMahon retired in July, making Nick Khan the new CEO of WWE, along with Stephanie McMahon, uh, his daughter, and Paul Triple H Levesque uh, became the head of creative. Then around late December, early January, Vince McMahon pulled a power play, essentially, as because remember, he still was the majority uh, shareholder. He still had vinyl voting power. And the reports were basically that Vince McMahon had, set, had told the board of directors, I will reject any sale, uh, you know, something like this, or sale, merger, whatever, unless I'm back in charge. So Vince McMahon came back into play in January. His board of directors reportedly or supposedly was not going to be involved in the creative side of things. Again, that creative, that's dipping into WWE territory, so we're not going to focus on that. But I think it's just a little mind-blowing, Zan. Speaking as a WWE person, uh, it's a good thing I wore a tap-out shirt today because tap-out has been in bed with both WWE and UFC in the past. Um, I guess it just blows my mind, Zan, that, you know, Vince McMahon, and I did this back when he had retired, in July. Vince McMahon was the kind of person who his last day working for the WWE, I always had thought, was going to be the day that he was last on this earth. I thought he was going to die as CEO of WWE. But here we are. He's back in the fray. Not only, and not only is he back in the fray, but the UFC and WWE, like this blows my mind. The two Combat spot. So I started as a WWE fan, went over to the UFC because the Ultimate Fighter was always airing at um, immediately after Monday Night Raw in uh, Raw's mm-hmm. last year on Spike. And now those two worlds are literally clashing. We've had, you know, Brock Lesnar in the UFC. We've had 
Ronda Rousey go over to WWE. Daniel Cormier made an appearance at Extreme Rules. He was in the referee, the main event of Extreme Rules back in October. But these two worlds, Zan, are now literally one. Yeah, 18 years after Monday Night Raw would air would air on the same night as the Ultimate Fighter, they're now in they're now in business together. That's pretty that's pretty crazy. You know what's funny? There's this story that in the early 2000s, Shane McMahon tried to purchase the UFC and Vince basically said, no, nah, we're not going to do that. There's also the story of how um, the WWE tried to pay Mike Goldberg not to call a UFC event and to go to the WWE instead. Of course, it was chills running. He was offered a little extra to no-show the UFC because that night was the uh, WWE had just left Spike to go back to the USA Network. And UFC was doing a fight night card on October 3rd. So it was a head-to-head kind of thing. Yeah, that was that was Chael Sonnen who, who said that. That was right. That was Chael. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I'm just going through, looking uh, through uh, all the different stories. Like I said, we're recording this on Monday. So everything at this point is still coming through. Uh, again, I'm you want to you, you want to talk about Vince McMahon, uh, his last day on Earth. You know him, you know being part of the WWE and his last day on Earth. That's what I'm starting to feel about Dana, where I feel like he'll never want to leave and he'll want to stay UFC president for as long as he can. Although he has hinted at the word retirement a couple of times, but with his passion still for it, I don't see how he retires anytime soon. Yeah, no, I don't see either of those guys any uh, retiring anytime soon. And now, Zan, the fact that they're both, you know, together, a part of the same company. And it's funny, you talk about Dana's statement about how everybody, Ari, Vince, and Dana, they're all perfect for one another. They're all brash. They're all loud. They both all, you know, don't take no for an answer, won't take shit from anybody. Like, I, it, think Dana has, I think Dana has... I think Dana has the biggest public persona of the three, though. Like publicly speaking, over Vince, really? I, I, I actually, I actually do. Now, granted, this could be my arrogance that I don't follow the WWE as much as you do, but I just feel like I see Dana White a lot more in the news than Vince McMahon. I think part of that might have to deal with the fact that Vince, even before. The sexual misconduct allegations, hush money allegations came last year. Vince was starting to try and get out of the limelight because, I don't know, you know, ever since he's just gotten older, he's been trying to, like, stay out of things with the exception of a rare few times where he's needed in storyline. I think the questions right now, and it's funny, Zan, because it's the biggest combat story, but... I don't think much of this is really going to affect the UFC. I think at this point, you know, like we're talking all about this and it is, and don't get me wrong, it is still the biggest combat sports story and we need to lead off of it this week. But I think it's just going to be same as it ever was with the UFC. I think Zen for the UFC, this is just a plus. You know what, you know why? Because this just means more money to play with. Uh, Yeah. I can't disagree. I think I think the questions right now are just a matter of they're more on the WWE ends when it comes to creative, when it comes to 
the business end of how things are going to be done. If anything will change, you know, business wise under under the new company, which, by the way, uh, there's no new name right now announced for the new company. Although on the stock market, Endeavor and Ari Emanuel have reserved uh, the acronym TKO. So we might know the name of the publicly traded company, the new company that uh, Ari is going to be heading with Vince and all of them. We might know that by the time Nick Morgan and I are airing on Thursday on Empty the Bench. As of right more now, than, we don't have that. But... More than likely, you guys will. I, 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 I yeah. think so. But right now, it's right. Right now, all we have is TKO. So, um, I think the big question right now is Dan, and I have to. I'm scrambling on Twitter right now, trying to find the name of the girl who, uh, the of the woman who, uh, reported it. The question is going to be what's going on with the um, with the TV deals because. The television deals for the WWE are being negotiated this year. The Technically, the contract with NBC for Monday Night Raw and Fox for Friday Night SmackDown expire in October 2024. WWE like to do their TV rights stuff a year in advance. So this is going to basically be worth watching now that they're going to be under some new ownerships as well, Zan, as the idea that um, the UFC, the UFC's deal with ESPN and the WWE's deal with Peacock because the WWE had formed the WWE Network in 2014. Um, but obviously that became part of Peacock within 2021. I wonder if any of that is effect, is affected by this. Like when 2020, end of 2025 or start of 2026 comes around, you know, does the UFC stay with ESPN? Does WWE stay with Peacock? Or what happens from here? Well said. By the way, Sarah Fisher was the one who broke the potential the potential story about um, the combined streaming deals for both the UFC and the WWE. Okay, yeah, thank you. Uh, that's the thing I wanted to talk about. So, WWE and UFC, now that I actually see Sarah's account, WWE and UFC will pursue separate media rights negotiations for linear TV, which, again, the WWE is doing later this year, especially now that they have the new ownership that they had supposedly been looking for for the past few months. But there could be an opportunity to pursue a combined streaming deal. WWE President Nick Khan told Sarah Fisher in an interview on Axios. So as of right now, the UFC and WWE will will um, operate as separate entities. Again, separate entities for now. The thing that's going to be interesting is going to be what happens. Because now, Zan, I expect that although we're going to be talking about them being one company, et cetera, et cetera, over the next year, I guarantee you, I think the governments, the SEC and company, I mean, the SEC and others will probably be looking at this deal and it's probably not going to be finalized for a little while. But once those two companies, the WWE and UFC, are merged, I wonder if, I wonder if, uh, again, like you mentioned and the story mentions, 
they're going to have their own streaming service or not. Other nuggets that, by the way, uh, Sarah Fisher reported in her story with Axios, uh, layoff and staff changes are possible within the next week or two. Uh, Despite the fact that Endeavor has severed ties with Saudi Arabia, the WWE will continue its relationship with it. I mean, because the only Middle East uh, trip that we ever see with the UFCs and obviously is Abu Dhabi with Fight Island. But UFC, as far as we know, don't deal with the with the Saudis. Endeavor severed those ties with the Saudis a while ago. However, with the WWE, those ties will continue. Um, the companies, again, will be run separately. The name of the combined entity is being finalized within the next couple of days. So as you mentioned, uh, more, more than likely by the time Nick Morgus and I get together, we'll know the official name. Um, so I could definitely see as of this year, the WWE continues to negotiate for its linear TV deals with you know your Monday Night Raw and your Friday Night Smackdown. On its own, I wonder, however, if any of that is going to be affected by the future, where, as we mentioned, the ESPN deal with the UFC and the Peacock deal with the WWE run out near each other, if not around the same time. So, the, it, so to, to clarify that, uh, the ESPN Plus deal for the UFC expires in 2025, whereas Peacock expires in 2026. In 2026. So... There's a year apart from one another. So, again, I wonder still, Zan, if any move is going to happen on the over-the-top, for those who don't know the term over-the-top, I mean the streaming platforms or the linear TV, depending on, you know, this new deal. Like, in other words, what I'm asking about that, Zan, is that... Later this year, when WWE's trying to finalize its linear TV packages, is ESPN now going to be in the mix? For the WWE, maybe, but I'm going to make a prediction right now, um, two years two years removed from the deal expiring, that I think that the UFC will re-sign with ESPN in, in 25. I think they'll, I think I they'll stay. I think, Zan, ESPN is kind of perfect on there with the worldwide leader in sports. They get to be on a streaming platform plus charge for pay-per-views. They don't have to reveal their numbers if they don't want to. And I could even argue, Zan, that the money that they get with ESPN kind of nullifies their needs to know the pay-per-views totals. I mean, the pay-per-view numbers, sadly enough for us. I, I think it's too perfect. They're not going to... And they're the, not gonna, and- and the bigger prelims are on ABC. What can get what can get better than that, right? Exactly. So, no, I agree with you 100%. Uh, Zan, like I told you before we started recording, I see it way more likely that the WWE jumps over to ESPN Plus than Dana White and the UFC move from ESPN Plus to Peacock. They're going to see Peacock and NBC as a step down. Cool. Even though... Uh, to us... Uh, before we started recording that when UFC was trying to find a new home after Spike TV and trying to get the network television, they had at one point discussed deals with NBC, which eventually Zan would pick up the World Series of Fighting, which we now know today as PFL. Right. Um, and I was going to say, I mean, could Peacock really take all of that on considering the, the massive Big Ten uh, football and basketball media rights deal that's coming up um, within 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 the next year or so, 
that that might be too much for Peacock to take on. So don't be surprised if the UFC stays with ESPN uh, because of that. Yeah. So I could see one or, of two things happening. Or, or, who, or, or who knows? Maybe you see Fox get back into the mix and do a joint with ESPN and do what they were going to do initially, which was Fox carries half of the event schedule and, and ESPN does the other half. You never You never know. And I guess WWE would be in that mix too, because I mean, technically, there's a partial deal like that now with the WWE, considering Raw airs on USA Network, which is an NBC property, and Fox gets uh, Friday Night SmackDown, a bunch of other programming. Zan, for a while during the pandemic, a lot of FS1 and FS2's programming was WWE. Like, their overnight stuff was WWE stuff. I don't know if it's still that way right now. I haven't watched FS1 or FS2 in a while. Well uh, said. That... Uh, I, I, the question right now, Zan, at this point is... Oh, I were going back to... Not question, but going back to what I was saying before. One of two things could be happening, considering what we just said, that UFC isn't going to go to Peacock anytime. One, does WWE join... UFC over on ESPN Plus after 2026. That seems two, logical. That it seems logical. And two, the does um the alternate thing like Sarah mentioned, the UFC and WWE both tell the prospective uh, people buzz off and they form their own uh, company. I mean their own streaming service. I mean WWE technically has the experience with that, Zan. We've talked about before how WWE was kind of an innovator with that WWE network where the fans get the video library, the premium live events, and exclusives all for just $9.99 a month. That obviously has stayed going over to Peacock, although we do have the different tiers now because it's $4.99, but you get ads. It's $9.99 if you don't want the ads. And I mean... It's definitely a step up, Zan, the WWE uh, Network stuff over what happens with uh, UFC, whether it was UFC Bypass or ESPN Plus now, because you get the video library, but you still have to pay for the pay-per-views. And I worry, Zan, for the sake of of wrestling fans, if WWE is basically going to go into that model where they will have to start charging Sixty nine ninety nine, basically for pay per views, and and that's the concern, Sam, for anybody who's not just a wrestling fan but a fight fan. Sam, we've talked about before in the past about a combat sports fan if they have ESPN Plus and they got to purchase the the ESPN pay per views. Uh, plus, if they're going to purchase any boxing ESPN pay per views with top rank and such, the zone and the monthly subscription plus any pay per views on their end. Uh, any pay-per-views on the on the normal linear pay-per-view format for say, uh, Showtime, anything, Showtime. Uh, yeah, Showtime and pre- uh, Premier Boxing Champions and All Elite Wrestling or All Elite Wrestling with the Bleacher. It's already expensive enough to be a combat sports fan. That you know, having WWE over to ESPN or them forming their own company and basically WWE saying, yeah, well, what we just had for the last decade or so where you got the events for, you know, your normal monthly subscription. Yeah, that's not going to happen anymore. That's going to really hurt. Yeah, I think so too. And I was also going to say 
this is kind of off topic, but it's somewhat on topic. As you and I both know, as we've talked about on this show, the newest season, The Ultimate Fighter with Conor McGregor and Michael Chandler for the first time in the history of the show is going to be airing on linear ESPN. Do you think this deal in any way, shape, or form affects the UFC's linear content base, or am I thinking way too far ahead on that? Maybe a little too far ahead. The point I was going to make, Zan, was this could be an opportunity with how much money that that they've got for the UFC to offer maybe a little cut to its subscribers, where it's like if you're subscribed to ESPN Plus already, for instance, you get a you know a fraction of the cost at least. I don't see it ever being like WWE Network where, or Peacock where you get it for your monthly subscription, but hey, we'll cut the price in half or so already an ESPN Plus subscriber. But I highly doubt somebody like Dana White and Ari Emanuel are going to go for that. Well said. Um, before we before we wrap up, are there any final thoughts that you have on this historic announcement from what we currently know um, at the moment? Uh, no, and I'm, like I said, it's historical. You're right on that. Uh, I have no other thoughts at this point. There's still more that we got to find out. And like I said, a lot of this is going to the concern the WWE end, which Nick Morgison and I are going to have to talk about at a later time. Um, just like I said, I didn't think, Zan, in my wildest dreams, that the WWE and UFC would be under the same umbrella. But Neither did I. Here we, here we are. Absolutely. Well, it's going to be interesting to see what happens um, with, the, with those two companies over the next several months, but um. Let's talk about now some fights that actually happened. So over the weekend, I was in attendance uh, covering Game Run Boxing 4 for BJPenn.com. It was my third combat sports event as credentialed media. And I have to say it was a spectacle um, of sorts, just kind of as I predicted. Uh, Anthony Pettis uh, knocking off Ray Jones Jr. in a split decision upset in his hometown. Um, I, I didn't score the fight. For Anthony Pettis, I thought that Roy Jones Jr. did enough to win it 5-3. to three. Uh, Overall, it was a decent fight. Um, there just wasn't a ton of uh, power shots. Either guy was hurt all that badly, but it was definitely an experience, and it was uh, it was a fight that I think the pro-Pettis crowd was, was pleased with. Um, but yeah, overall, um, Pettis got the win. Um, and, and Ray Jones Jr. is now going to have to go back to the drawing board to see if he really wants to keep doing this. Um, I mean, it looks like they, they said it in the ring that Pettis and Ray Jones want to do it again because they thought it was a close fight. But um, overall, I thought it was what um, I thought it was what people were expecting. I guess it wasn't the greatest fight I've ever seen, nor was it the worst fight, but. Um, Pettis winning definitely made the crowd happy, and I think w- with him just winning, no matter how he won, I think people got what they what they paid for. Um, just just with the main event. Cool. Uh, I mean Roy Jones Jr. I know I know he and Tyson had that fight that was kind of fun in November of twenty twenty. I know that. I know that uh, this fight, like you said kind of impressed, uh, kind of, you know, entertained some people, definitely entertained the hometown crowd for Pettis, so they might want to do it again. I mean, I don't know, Zan. 
like I would think Roy Jones Jr. at this point would be doing boxing exhibitions and not, you know. No, I agree. Like no, I agree. I'm, but hey, the way he moves at fifty four, in my opinion, and being uh, just only a couple feet away, I was pretty. I was pretty impressed. I um, mean, I, he I, moves I, better. Sand, he moves better for fifty four than some people move at thirty thirty five. It's pretty insane. Um, but yeah, I mean, I gotta admit, uh. Just from my personal experience and being there ringside, like as Roy Jones was coming out and as his quarter people were standing up to cheer for him, it was this real entrance. And so was Anthony Pettis is walking out to his uh, to his usual song. Um, it's showtime and the crowd like lost their mind when he came out. It was it was a really cool scene. But the funny thing was, was a bunch of people were filing in just before the main event, because as you and I both know with these boxing cards, usually when you look at the card and you don't know much about the other fighters, you usually wait until the main event. Well, that's what several of the crowd did. They kind of they kind of waited around a little bit. Um, but, I mean, just being there live in that in that atmosphere was kind of cool because it was definitely a pro-pettist crowd. And uh, it was a fight that I think people were excited about, and I think people couldn't wait for the main event just because – the main card kind of dragged on a little bit. It started later than I thought it was going to, uh, but yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a decent main event. Would I go and see these two fight again? The answer is no. So, um, but yeah. yeah, Anthony Anthony Pettis winning in his hometown was a pretty cool scene, though. That's for that's for sure. Then you had Vitor Belfort defeating uh, Jacare Souza. Uh, I don't know if I could. What do you think? I kind of I think we predicted both the. Both predicted Belfort was going to win. Yeah, we both predicted Belfort was going to win. And what disappointed me about this fight was Bellator, or not Bellator, Belfort had several chances to finish. Uh, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I know, I know. I'm I had that it wasn't promoted by Bellator. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you would think this is a perfect uh, Bellator Legends fight. Is it? Is it? Is it? Is it not? You bring in two former UFC fighters and you put them in Bellator. It's a great, it's a, it's a great business plan. <laughs> Any, anyway, um, I was disappointed in this fight simply because Vitor Belfort had several chances to finish Jacare Souza, and he just simply didn't. I was very, I was very confused. I'm like, wait, you're just gonna let him sit back and eat that? You're not gonna, you're not gonna finish him. So it was, it was very, it was very interesting. But they were both very respectful afterward. Um, they, they gave each other a ton of props, called each other legends. It was a. It was a it was a pretty cool scene. I just think um, the fight was a little underwhelming, just because both of those guys are pretty old. But hey, Belfort hanging in there though, as as a pr- primarily a boxer, his hand speed is still very very much like a holy shit type of hand speed. Even even with even with how old he is, I had never seen him fight in person before, so I was just in awe with how fast his hand speed was. It was it was pretty cool. And then of course. Jose Aldo went to a draw with Jeremy Stevens, but I don't think the bigger story is with the fight, but it's with uh, that, once again, San, Conor McGregor cannot let things go. Conor McGregor has to jump into the picture. Yeah, uh, McGregor overtook the entire um, story of the whole event, um, of course, by tweeting that he and Aldo should box, and then uh, Jose Aldo, in so many words, told him to go screw himself, so... There's that the McGregor Aldo rivalry is alive and well to some degree. Will they ever box? Probably not. Would it do absolutely huge numbers? 
Absolutely. Would I do all I could to be there? Absolutely. <laughs> um, but but yeah, I will say though, Aldo and Stevens, this actually was a phenomenal fight. They just went at it for I think it was if if I'm not mistaken, it was an eight round fight from what I recall. And uh they, they just they just went at it and it was it was just it was awesome. It was it was the fight that I expected it to be, and it was odd, was was without a doubt the best fight on the whole on the whole card. Um, Tim, uh, what, what what do you think about Connor versus who the fuck is that guy? Jeremy Stevens thought in a boxing match. Uh, that would be. I think the build up for that fight would be better than the fight itself, which is which just put it that way. That, that that UFC two hundred five clip would just play on loop over and 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 over again. So, yeah, fair enough. Hey man, uh, Jeremy, Jeremy Stevens versus Conor McGregor in Iowa sounds very appealing, though. <laughs> in Jeremy <laughs> Stevens' hometown, that would be that would be that would be insane. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, Zan. Before we get into the rest of the weekend recaps and our UFC 287 preview, obviously we we talked about it we briefly before because I said we had to cover it. The breaking news: the WBA has ordered Alexander Usyk to defend. His WBA, IBF, and WBO heavyweight championships against Daniel Dubois. Uh, yeah, I just think Usyk is going to run from him the whole fight and win a boring decision. What do you What do you think? You want to know <laughs> what I think? You want to? You really want to know what I think? What Hang do you on think? one second. I'm gonna take a. I'm gonna take a some music from uh, Anthony Devenge to really showcase and what I think about this. There. That's what I think about this. Once again, once again, boxing has gotten in its own way. Yeah, or as Dana White's infamous line is, uh, welcome to boxing. <laughs> I told Sam, well, we said we said people were crazy if they thought that Usyk versus Fury was going to get done with you know six to eight weeks before the fight, and of course it didn't. <laughs> what were you all expecting? And what were you all expecting? And I, I knew it. Who else was going to get in the way? The WBA. They love to, they love to mess things up, Zan. And then watch how Daniel uh, Daniel Dubois is going to somehow upset. Upset Usyk and create this fire snorter because that's that's exactly what boxing wants. Of course, you know let's not you know let's not focus on the fact that like we mentioned last week that uh, Devin Haney and Vasil Lomachenko are going to battle because you know that's actually Zan a rare occasion where in boxing two of the greatest of the, of the planet are actually going to fight. No, we need Usyk versus Dubois. Yay! Yeah, yeah. Speaking of Loma versus Haney, those tickets are going by really fast. So if you're considering going to that event, I would jump on that this week because they're going to be sold out at in Vegas before before you know it. Um, but anyway, that's beside the point. This fight is this fight is a travesty for the heavyweight division. And if Usyk doesn't win, I think a lot of people are going to be very disappointed because then it ruins the biggest fight ever, which is Usyk versus Fury. But now there's, but now Anthony Joshua wants to fight Tyson Fury now. Oh, that now that this is now that this is actually going to happen. 
And of course, Tyson Fury versus Anthony Joshua. It's four years too late. Zan, let's just get Conor McGregor in the mix. Let's let's let Conor beef up about 40, 50, 60 pounds, and let's get him in here too. Why the hell not? What, what more do we have to lose? Oh, trust me. If Conor McGregor got into boxing, I would literally pay for every single one of those. There's no, there's no, there's no doubt about that. <laughs> there's no doubt about it. He's, but yeah, of course. He's of gonna, course. He's, sorry, he's going to become oh, the belt collector again. Give me your belt. Uh, yeah, even if he even if he doesn't actually fight for it, he'll just he'll just want it. <laughs> uh, what were you gonna say before? Oh, I was just gonna say, do you have a prediction as to where this fight will take place? In your opinion, it'd have to be England, right? You would think. Would it be England this summer or an early fall? Do you think? Hmm. Probably that in-between period where it's like the end of August or early September. Okay, well, that makes the fight even more boring to look forward to, but okay. (laughs) You're saying that like you're expecting good things from this. No, I I know, because as you know, I'm I'm, I'm very positive, so I I always hope, I I always hope every fight is awesome, but I just feel like this fight will not be that. I understand, Zan, and I and I normally would like to agree, but again, again. All right, Tom, I'm, t- I'm you, turning on mute. Tom, how disappointed will you be if somehow, some way, Garcia versus Tank Davis gets canceled? Again, I will throw this up. Again. Oxlade just continues to do this to himself. <laughs> well, right. uh, well, um, well, well said. Let's let's just talk about some more positive things. Daniel James, once again, Zan, his second Bellator fight after you know, like this wasn't his second Bellator fight. He had competed in Bellator like a fight or two back in like 2014 or something like that. He comes back to the promotion. He pulls off a comeback knockout of Tyrell Fortune. Now he does it again against Marcelo Gome. So Marcelo Gome basically, Zan, if you want my recap of how I interpret things, he basically controlled James, kept him, you know, in the clinch, kept him away with his power. Um, the third round came around, and... You could actually hear in between the second and third round, Sam, James, Daniel James's corner basically saying, let it go. Let your fist fly. And well, in that third round, his, uh, his fist definitely flied. For sure. And For I sure. think the one mistake Marcel Gohm made was not getting it back to the ground in round three and deciding, oh, let's stand up with him and see if I can actually test myself. And of course, he got caught. But that was his that was his biggest mistake, without without a doubt. Um and by the way, uh just a little pat on the back yeah, from our show. Was, uh, oh, I was just gonna say, by the way, just a little pat pat on the back for our show. We are undefeated when it comes to having exclusive interviews. Uh I'm on this program. Usually when we have a fighter on, they usually end up winning their next fight. So so far so far we're undefeated. No, I, I well, you are. I'm not. I had Danny Sapatello 
Oh, that's right. Yeah, I'm undefeated. You're not. You're not. You're not undefeated. <laughs> Sam, this is like me at fansided back in 2019. It took me, remember, like six, seven fighters for a win to happen. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you went, like, like the... you, yeah, you, you went like one for six. I am like the freaking curse. If you have an interview with me, you're done. Well, let's Although, see if I, I can keep my... Go ahead, go ahead, Sorry. go ahead. Sorry. I, as I say, although I think that kind of changed during the pandemic. During the pandemic, I, I was actually on fire. Oh, yeah, that's true. Well, let's hope it continues uh, when Wuzain Kieta fights at the end of April. We'll, 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 we'll see. But uh, nonetheless, though, very impressive win for Daniel James. He revealed at the post-fight press conference, which made my heart a little happy, that he is in talks to fight on the coveted Bellator 297 Chicago card, which got way more stacked uh, after a recording a week ago. There's now three huge fights on that card, as Corey Anderson and Phil Davis will be fighting on Bellator 297. Oh, Tom, could you imagine if they added Daniel James to Bellator 297? And if they did, is Bellator 297 one of the biggest cards they've ever, they've ever done? I mean, I thought Bellator 297 was already going to be a very big card. Adding Daniel James is just gonna, it's just gonna help. And Zan, I'll be very honest: if Daniel James wins at Bellator 297, they would be foolish not to give him the winner of um, Ryan Bader versus Linton Vassell. Uh, oh, they have too. to. They have to. They they would have to give Daniel James the winner of Bader Vassell too. They have to. Yeah. And do you think if do you think if that fight happens, James versus is the winner, they would have to probably do that in Chicago too, right? I would hope so. I would hope so mm-hmm. because Daniel James, this is one of those situations where I mean, Zan, I think to Anthony Smith, end of the twenty tens, where he Anthony Smith was a veteran, went on a massive run in the UFC and ultimately got a title shot you know, in 2019, I feel like you got to do the same thing with Daniel James and it would be incredible. Zan, like you mentioned, if he got that title shot in Chicago. For sure. And uh, one thing I didn't touch on was in my interview with him. I I didn't use the word, but I said, would you like to finish your career in Bellator? And he said, if they, if they want me to absolutely, or you might end up seeing if Daniel James wins the heavyweight title, you could see him conclude his MMA career as a Bellator fighter. And I don't know if Bellator has a Hall of Fame or not, but he's definitely going on a Bellator type of Hall of Fame run if he keeps if he keeps winning in the fashion that he is. And I understand it's only been two fights since his first fight eight years ago, but the way that he's re-energized the heavyweight division is very interesting. They're calling him the Bellator version of Derek Lewis, which is actually a great comparison. And in fact, he might have harder punching power than Derek Lewis ever had, which is the which which is the funny part. Yeah, actually, that might be a better comparison. But yeah, uh, you gotta Bellator's got to keep the Daniel James momentum. It's absolutely insane. And like I mentioned, if he went, if he has the quick turnaround and fights in Chicago in June, and ends up pulling the win there then you got to give Daniel James a title shot sooner or later. Yeah, I mean, could you imagine if they make a if they make a title fight at Bellator 300 how massive that would be? For sure. 
All right. Um, also, the PFL opened its season. Brendan Lognane stopped Marlon Marais with some pretty vicious leg kicks. So Marlon Marais has now lost uh, seven of his last eight, I think it is. And, Zan, you didn't use the word with uh, Daniel James in your view. I'm going to use the word with Marlon Marais. I think it's time for him to retire. Yeah, I think so, too. I, I think he's – I think he – it just – I mean, credit where credit is due. Brendan Lognane looked absolutely incredible. I know, Zan, to borrow from uh, a tweet that had tweeted out the highlight clip, I forget who had posted it, that it seems like when you become a champion in MMA, your stats, you know, go up about 30%. And, well, Brandon Lognane looked incredible against Marlon Marais. I think he definitely is an early favorite to uh, repeat as the PFL Bantamweight champion. Uh, PFL Bantamweight champion. Uh, but yeah, Marlon, I mean, featherweight champion, but yeah, Marlon Marais just, it has not been a, he has not looked the same ever since Henry Cejudo beat him in 2019. No, and that was a fight that I was at and um, a fight that you could argue that Marlon Marais was doing very well until, until he was finished. I, I, I a fight that, Dan, all Marlon Marais needed to do was win one more rounds and have the fight go to the buzzer, and he probably would have become the UFC Bantamweight champion. Uh, yeah. By the way, the energy in Chicago shifted that night from all Marlon Marais fans going crazy to a sense of just shock and silence in the United Center when Suhudo won that fight. And it's just a, it's a scene that I'll always remember. Oh, I just I had to I had to throw that in because it's a scene that's ingrained in my memory. The one and only time I've ever seen Marais in person was. Uh, was his last really important fight of his career, which is pretty, which is pretty crazy if you think about. Mm-hmm. Also, Rob Wilkinson uh, defeated Tiago Santos and Tiago Santos's uh, PFL debut. So, not a good uh, run for the uh, debuting UFC fighters. And I mean, Sam, I just briefly had a look at the PFL. Uh, saw a lot of people complaining about the pacing, so. Not a good start the season. Yeah, not a good start. And isn't pacing something that PFL has had issues with for several years now? This yep. is this is this is nothing new. Yeah. Yeah, this PFL isn't getting away from its demons anytime soon. I think it's kind of worse than when, you know, like we don't know what the hell is next for Kayla Harrison. They've been trying no, to talk about, no. you know, pay per views and everything, but we haven't heard anything about that. We just came off the international uh, series. I mean, the Challenger series. We're looking at some international cards, but we don't know what the next step is. Yeah, yeah, we we really don't. And um, it's interesting because they teased the Super Fight pay per view division, and nothing has happened with it. Yeah, and I'd say, and it, it gets worse than when you know we had this teasing earlier this year about. PFL potentially being a favorite to land Francis Ngannou, and here we are three months later and still nothing. Yeah, although Dan Hardy says that it's only a matter of time before Francis Ngannou signs with the PFL. So, who knows? Uh, I, I, like Dan, I like Dan, but I like Dan, but I'll believe it when I see it. I'll believe it when the announcement comes out. Same here. Same here. Well said. Uh, but yeah, that that was a recap of the first uh, PFL regular season card, and now we're going to get into the big uh, the big meal, if you will. Those are all the appet- 
Hydrogy. Now, now we're going to lead to probably the biggest UFC event of the year so far. First trip to Miami since 2003, UFC 287, and it is a banger. It is Alex Pereira versus Israel Adesanya, number two, um, number two, literally in UFC terms, number four all time between the two for the UFC middleweight championship. This is a fight that you and I have been buzzing about since the moment it was announced in Dana White's announcement of quarter one. Uh, Tom, this is going to be a great fight, and truly, I have no idea how it's going to go, but I just don't see a lot of Sanya loses, uh, loses back-to-back, especially in the fashion that he did in his first fight, given the fact that he was winning the entire fight until he was finished in the fourth round. So I just want to know, does this fight go any similarly to the first one? And do you, and do you agree with me that this is a must-win for Israel Adesanya? On you. He has to he has to win this fight, right? Zan, should I replay the clip from November? <laughs> Where you called me you, crazy? You 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 called it. You called it. You not only did you say that prayer was gonna beat Adesanya, but you said that prayer was gonna finish Adesanya and he did. <laughs> it took till the fifth round. I got scared, but it happened. Um Oh true, it was the it was the fifth round. He was he was winning he, he was winning the entire fight until the last three minutes. Man, I, I, and I called it crazy because I said two and a half months. We've had two and a half months, and we had Leon knocking out Camaro in the fifth round, and we had Pereira knocking out Asanya out in the fifth round. And, and but both the champions were winning the fight heading into that round. <laughs> this sport. Well. Well, if if Pereira wins, the trend will continue of the champions keeping their belts in their rematches. So far, so so far this year, if you think if you if you if you think about it, um, yeah, uh, but I was just going to make the comparison. So that's the thing, Zan. I had actually mentioned last month that I thought Kamaru versus Leon. Uh, Kamara versus Leon 3 was going to play out in the same way Kamara Leon 2 played out. And with the exception being that Kamara was going to hoist up the championship in a pretty clear unanimous decision. I was proven wrong there. Uh, And I've got a feeling that this fight is going to end up being a little different. I don't think it's going to go... See, now i got to stop. I don't think this fight's going to go by rap. You know what? Pereira, we have seen him actually go the distance before. And, and that Pereira Adesanya uh, one fight at the Garden actually almost did go the full distance. Ah, I, I don't know. Maybe this well, one actually does go the distance. Well, I will say this. I think over three and a half rounds is the best bet for this fight. That's what, that's what, I, that's what I think. Hmm. You know what? Here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to agree with you on the best bet. I'm going to go with over three and a half rounds. I think this one will go to distance. I think Pereira gets the win, however, and Pereira proves that he is for real in the middleweight division. So that leads me to my next question. If Pereira wins, what do you do if you're Adesanya having lost back-to-back fights to the to the champ now? What do you, what do, you which, do? Which I should answer your question, by the way, which is, yes, I think this is a bit of a must-win. I mean... Or at the very least, Sam, you, if you're Israel Adesanya, at the very least, you have to do well in this fight. Like, Kamaru Usman looks 
disappointing against Leon Edwards. His performance is something that Israel cannot afford to have in this fight at all. Um, but if you're Adesanya, I mean, that's the tough part because you're, you're going to kill me on this one, Zan. But I'm looking at the rankings right now. Here, here, if Pereira beats Adesanya, I think you got to do Pereira versus Whitaker. I, I think so, too. That That's the next uh, logical fight. If you're Adesanya, though, I, I don't want to see Adesanya Vittori again. I don't want to see Adesanya Cannoneer again. I really don't want to see Adesanya versus Paulo Costa again. No, absolutely not. Although Paulo Costa is getting is getting is getting the bag according to according to him. <laughs> so say <laughs> those words again. According to him, yeah. <laughs> um, Adesanya versus Sean Strickland. I don't know. No, no, because Sean Strickland's either going to out wrestle him or Adesanya is going to finish him quickly. That's what the, the, that's what I think. And Strickland, Which means- no, 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 no offense to Tron Strickland, but he is not the most entertaining fighter anybody's no. ever seen by any by any means. And he, and, and so he that- was knocked out by Pereira. <laughs> he was viciously knocked out That's by Pereira. So what, what else do you expect? Well, Sand, then you're gonna kill me on this one. Do you hear it? Do you hear it in the distance? It's my hype train oh. coming in. Adesanya loses. <laughs> I think you do Adesanya versus Trinkin. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. What else can you do? There's no other fights left. <laughs> okay, no. wait. But if, I, but if, I, if Adesanya wins against Pereira, do you do Pereira versus Adesanya for the third straight time? You might have to. Dan, <laughs> Dan, do you not see Dana White being the kind of person that would run out of Sonia Pereira into the ground? Of course he would. Just like he did Moreno versus Figueredo, of, of, of course he would. I, I, Although Moreno talking- versus Figueredo were, were different circumstances, but still, you know, you know what I mean? Dan, we talked about WWE before. I hear the fans chant already. Fight forever. Fight forever. But again, this is a must for Adesanya. And I, and I hate saying the DDP one because, of course, I say the DDP one because it sounds obvious coming from me. But, I mean, again, you look at those other fights. Nothing works with Adesanya. No, and there's no way he's moving up in weight. Because he tried that and that failed, so he wouldn't. He wouldn't. He wouldn't do that again. Would he? I'm throwing a crazy thought. Would he move down in weight? Go to welterweight? Oh, oh! This is where we're getting interesting. Okay. <laughs> hey, hey! Israel Adesanya versus Colby Covington sounds very fun. <laughs> I mean, better than anything else he's got at middleweight, except for Trickus Duplicy. A Roman disease, but you would be, but you would be absolutely ecstatic if DDP beat him. You would be, you would be so excited. <laughs> oh, I would be going nuts.
Oh, uh, uh, but in, in 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 reality, though, I do see Adesanya winning the fight and getting his belt back. So I I don't I don't agree I don't agree with you there. I understand your perspective, but I think we we both agree that this is must win for Adesanya. Absolutely, one hundred percent. If this fight is anything as entertaining as the last one, it's going to be a really 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 good fight. <laughs> sure. Uh, speaking of the welterweight scene, San co-main event Gilbert Burns versus George Masvidal. Let's be honest. Masvidal is not the draw that he was before. Masvidal is pretty much damaged goods. We have talked about a certain fight. You know, we teased a certain fight potentially being made of a certain someone else loses. Although, Zan, very interesting comment that Masvidal made during uh, the UFC countdown video. He kind of did. He sure did. He loses to Gilbert Burns. He'll put the gloves down in the middle of the cage and walk away. Oh, that would be interesting considering that he is fighting in his hometown of Miami. That would be kind of a sad way to go out. But it, it wouldn't be a surprising thing, Stan. No. I mean, not at all. He had his little 2019, and ever since then. And, and, I, just, I, don't, and I don't see Masvidal winning this one. I Gilbert don't see Burns him is just. I don't see better fighter. I I think so too. Um, I think Gilbert Burns is going to win by submission in the second round. I don't know if I could say a submission, but it's definitely going to be a finish. I I agree with you that it's going to be a finish. It's either going to be a TKO or a submission. I don't don't see a straight knockout. I don't see a straight knockout, but it's going to get to the point where either Mazidal is going to have to tap. Or the referee is going to have to save him from his toughness. Uh, Burns is going to have to slip up and make one mistake for for uh, Masvidal to have a chance. Yeah, Burns is going to have to like drop his guard at some point for Masvidal to land a power shot that could change the fight. But I don't see that happening. Um, no, I don't see that yeah. either. And considering his UFC countdown statement, Zan, what do you see as most likely? We have had the tease, Zan, that you know we joked. If Masvidal lost this fight and McGregor lost to Chandler, it'll be in the spirit of boxing four years, uh, three years or so too late. But would the UFC book McGregor versus Masvidal or Zan? Do you see it more likely, considering his UFC countdown statement, that he retires in Miami? No, no. I'm going to say that if that if the money's right for McGregor and Masvidal, and they both lose like we think they're going to, I think. They could do the fight if the money is there. But could you see? Okay, but if, but if you're if you're asking, but if you're asking, what's more likely? It's more likely that he retires. I agree. It's more likely that he retires. But Zan, I was gonna. Uh, but I guess even if uh, the McGregor Masvidal fight goes through, if that fight does happen, that would have to be Masvidal's retirement fight anyway. Then right, more than likely, regardless of if the BMF is on the line or not. Yeah, I would, I would, I would agree with that. Like the, the, this is either the last fight or the second to last fight in his career, depending on what happens with the McGregor fight. Right, and then if he wins all the, if he somehow beats Gilbert Burns, all this, I didn't think he's back in contention for a title shot again. That's true. So this, this is an all or nothing fight. Sand, Masvidal is in a more of an all. Uh, Masvidal is in more of a uh, win or go home situation than Adesanya is. Oh, I think so too. I think so too. But would you agree with me that if Gilbert Burns wins, that 
okay, how about this? If Gilbert Burns wins, what if you do him? Uh, what what if he waits? What if? Oh, I have an idea. Although UFC may be doing something a little different. What if you did Gilbert Burns versus the winner of Shabkat Rachmanov and Bala Muhammad? If Gilbert Burns beats oh. George Masvidal. Oh, that's that's good. I really like that fight. And Zan, you take the. Bilal Shavkat winner versus Gilbert Burns. You essentially make that a number one contender's fight. 100, 100%. Unless, unless Covington's claim that Edwards is going to get stripped is true, then yeah, I would agree with your, with, your, uh, with your path, if you will, to a future title fight for Gilbert Burns. Well, if, 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 if Leon gets stripped... And they do Colby versus, say, because if Leon gets stripped, then you would have to do Colby versus Gilbert Burns if Burns wins this fight. Or you'd have to do Colby versus the winner of Bilal versus Javkot and then have Burns fight the winner of that fight. Agreed. And then what do you do if you're Kamara Usman, though? Where does, where does Usman fit into all of this? <laughs> Zan, Zan, as I said last week, I'm trying to do a. Oh, I had to do it the other way because it's the, the mirror uh, clock waiting game. That's all you right. have to do with it. Okay. One final question before we get off this fight: We're both picking Gilbert Burns, obviously. What is more appealing for the welterweight division? Is it Leon Edwards getting stripped and Colby Covington getting thrust into a title fight, or is it Gilbert Burns winning, fighting the winner of Shabkat versus Bilal Muhammad, and then getting a title? Sh- a title shot, assuming he wins that fight also. The latter. What, what, what? Okay. The latter. Well, Zan, let me actually point out one more point, because we talked about Adesanya, we talked about Usman, and I mentioned Adesanya going to welterweight, and I've said it before that these two will not fight each other because they're good friends. What if Adesanya loses this fight to uh, to Alex Pereira, and they look at each other and say, you know what? Not only does Adesanya go down weight, what if we switch places? Usman moved up to middleweight. That would, be ve- that would be very interesting. Very, very interesting. I could see it uh, I could see it as a possibility, and you could put some new blood, essentially, into into the divisions. Well said. Into, into both divisions, but more so 170 compared to 185. For sure. Um, some other... Not undercard because it's still a main card, but uh, pre-title fight, pre-main event uh, fights to look at. Interestingly, uh, Rob Font versus Adrian Yanez. This could be Adrian. I know we've talked about Adrian Yanez uh, and like the run that he's been on in the UFC, and technically he's already had a coming out party, but this is going to bring him to another level, I think. Yeah, and I actually think this is a must-win for Rob Font. What do you What do you think? I could I could kind of see it. Zan Font, you know, has had is had a good run. He's had some key wins over the last couple of years. But you know what? This is essentially going to make Font Zan the magical G word, gatekeeper. Gatekeeper. And that's right. a and that's a and that's a tough division anyway. When you when you really think about it, so. But I but I do see Adrian Yanez getting the win. I think, Zan, this is a fight of the night, potentially. I could see this one going to a decision, but I see this one for Giannis. 
Yeah, I, I got I got Giannis by unanimous decision. It should be it should be a good fight though. First or and and on as you know, Rob Font always brings it, so there's no way he won't bring it on Saturday. That's for that's for sure. Oh, for sure. I don't think he's gonna damage himself with a loss. I just think it's gonna be really really tough on him. I would I would agree. Well said. And now Zen, following that, well technically before that, but following that in our preview, Zen. We've got the mouth of Riverside, California. Or if we're doing this fighting out of town, the mouth of Fort Worth, Texas. It's Kellen, Kevin Holland taking on Santiago Ponzinibbio. The, the, people, the, the people's main event. You, you, and I, you and I both know that this fight will not need the judges at all. <laughs> but who is going to be the one who uh, gets stopped here? Is it going to be the mouth or is it going to be Santiago? I actually think Ponzinibbio finishes Kevin Holland. What do you What do you think? Uh, I second that. Yes, I say second round finish for Santiago Ponzinibbio. And Kevin Holland will be complaining about it many, many months after the after the loss too. Well, I, well I was going to question. Well, I was going to question you, Sam. Uh, how much do you think we're going to hear Kevin Holland talking to him during the fight? Oh, he's gonna talk the entire fight. He's not gonna stop talking. There, there's no, there's no way. Maybe we should get a um, we should get one of those uh, lavalier mics or something attached it to his fight short, so that way we can get running commentary. That would be know. that would that would that would be insane. I'm surprised the UFC production crew has not come up up with that idea. Maybe they have. Maybe it's not allowed for the commission, but that would be that would be hilarious. Imagine hearing imagine hearing him as he gets knocked out. That would be so crazy. Uh um also Zan to open the pay-per-view card. He's back. The 18-year-old Phenom, Raul Rosas Jr. is gonna be competing against Christian Rodriguez. Yeah, so I have a question for you about this. Uh there's been a lot of Twitter complaining about Raul Rosas Jr. Um just being in this position. Do you think given his age and just how much hype is behind him? Do you think he should be opening a pay per view? Like, do you think that like with his star power and with what the UFC is trying to do, you know, to build, you know, the the Mexico PI and all that? Do you do you think this is simply a business move, or do you or do you actually agree that this is what should be done to push Rosas Jr. and his potential? In your opinion, that's tough. Because, Sam, we have seen him. I, I would normally say ESPN prelim headliner, but we've seen him in that role before, and we see him succeed. Am I surprised, though, Zan, regardless of what I think that... Am I surprised the UFC is doing this? No. Of course they are. I think, Zan, I'm just of the people's, like the people's opinion of this fight is going to be on the pay-per-view card, but Chris Curtis versus Kelvin Gastelum is going to be a prelim. Like, I, I think Zan honestly. But hey, the, hey, the ESPN, the ESPN prelims are going to go through the roof with that main event, which should entice more people to buy the pay per view, though. Okay, fair enough from that business end. I just think Zan that Curtis versus Gaslam is worth more of a main card than not. So no, much, I, I mean, I, no, no, I, I agree. Yeah, Holland, 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 Holland versus San. Holland versus Ponzinibbio should be the headliner for the ESPN Plus. I mean ESPN prelim. That's that's fair too. Um, that being the case, 
I understand what the what the UFC is doing. They're gonna take a young phenom. They're gonna put him against. Uh, they're gonna put him against other talent. This is gonna be the try and uh, do the build up, and seeing successful runs kind of strategy. And take for instance, wait, did I cut out? No, you didn't. You're good. Keep keep going. Okay. Uh, take for instance, then what happened with AJ McKee and Bellator? Bellator took him on his uh, professional MMA debut, and they slowly built him up over the course of four to five years. To the point by by the time he went to the Grand Prix, he defeated Pitbull in the Grand Prix, and that was one of the greatest moments in Bellator history. I think the UFC is trying to do something with Raul Rosas Jr., where they can slowly build him up over time, or I mean, what am I kidding? It's the UFC. They'll probably try to rocket him as quick as they can. Uh, that being said, I mean, that being said, Christian Rodriguez, 8 and 1. When was the last time he fought? He actually fought at the UFC card in, on October 29th, defeating Joshua Weems' first round submission. I think, Zan, they're going to just try and have him fight some. Veteran, some fellow young guys who have similar records or veteran talent who are more experienced to kind of build him up to the point where they want to get him. So, am I surprised that they're putting him as the opener for a pay per view? Probably not. I'm pretty, I'm 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 pretty excited for it just because I watched Rosas Jr.'s debut. I know you did too. So this is going to be okay under the bright lights. A lot of people watching. Let's see how let's see how he does. It should be it should, it should it should be pretty interesting, kind of similar to when yeah, Sean O'Malley cool. opened the UFC 264 pay per view with Chris Moutinho. Not a lot of people knew what to expect, and of course O'Malley went out and did his thing. I'm not comparing O'Malley to Raw Rosa. I, was just saying, I, I think um I think Chris Moutinho it. got the bigger rub in that fight. I I think so. I think so too. And by the way, Chris Moutinho is as tough is as tough as he come as they come. So credit him for taking that fight when he did. But still, I mean, you have you have a similar situation. You get a guy who's a big star against, or a guy with the potential to be a big star in Rosas Jr. against a guy in Rodriguez that really not a lot of people know a lot about. But if this fight's competitive, people are going to definitely know who he is afterwards. So we'll see how that goes. Overall, though, I don't like to grade a card before the card starts, but this is a B plus A minus level UFC pay per view. This is a really solid card. It's a really, it's a really yeah, good card. Go, I'm going to say B plus in terms of the pre, in terms of the pre pay per view hype. Um, do you have a prediction for Rosas versus Rodriguez? Do you think I'm, Rosas? I'm going to say Rosas Junior has another first round win. What do you, what do you think? Late first, early second. Okay. Yeah, I just think uh, his, I just think his grappling is going to be too much for uh, Rodriguez. Of course, we do have some prelim fights we got to talk about. Obviously, the big one, as we mentioned, Chris Curtis getting Kelvin Gaslam in the headliner. I think, Zan, uh, I think the run of Chris Curtis is going to continue. Wow. You think he's going to beat Kelvin Gaslam? I think he beats Kelvin Gaslam. Wow. Wow. Well, hey, if he beats Kelvin Gaslam, you're going to start seeing Chris Curtis on pay-per-view main card. That's for that's for that's for damn sure. There's no there's no doubt there's no doubt about that. Man, I think I think uh, Calvin Gaslam is in the same class of Marlon Marais. 
not so much I can say washed up, but I mean, five losses in his last six. He's yeah, not he, on a good run right yeah, now. Yeah, he's not been the same fighter for the last four years. Let's just let's just say that he has That's, not been that that Adesanya fight at UFC two thirty six really changed him, in my opinion. It's look, it, it took something out of him that he hasn't been able to get back ever since. And I don't think Zan. I I mean, get it, I get it that Chris Curtis had retired already, and this is a bit of a comeback for him. You know, like, it, but the comeback for him has been highly successful, and. I don't think Kelvin Gaslam is going to get that it factor back against Chris Curtis. Yeah, I'm, I'm, gonna... picking, I'm picking Curtis by decision. You're going to call me crazy. I think Curtis knocks Kelvin Gaslam out. Wow! Oh, wow. Okay. Okay, that's your boldest prediction of 2023, 2023 so far. That's so my bold far. prediction. Chris Curtis knocks out Kelvin Gaslam. Wow! wow. Wow. Well, well, if that happens, he's going to get a performance bonus. So, uh, I, I think I think he's going to be motivated by the fact that Raul Rosas Jr. is on a pay per view card and he's not. I think he's going to make a statement. Very interesting. Well, that's a that's going to be a crazy headliner and uh, truly, th- th- this card is good. That's the only other fight on the undercard that really intrigues me. Uh, is, yeah. are, there, are, there, are there any others that you're interested in talking about, or do you think we've exhausted this card as much as we can? Well, I mean, Zan, I would have said Michael Chiesa versus Lee Jinglang, but unfortunately, uh, Jinglang, over the last uh, few hours before we started recording, announced that due to injury, he is going to be out for that fight. And I don't think their UFC is going to get a replacement for Chiesa on such short, on such short notice. Yeah, that was my next question. Are they thinking of a replacement for Kiesa? But it looks like that's not going to happen. Okay. So, which would mean the second biggest prelim fight, Zan, would be Michelle Waterson against Luana Pinheiro, which 10 versus 15 at strawweight, fine, but definitely not the firefight that Kiesa versus uh, Lee could have been. I, I would predict, um, I think that Waterson's going to win. That, that, would be, that, would be my, that would be my prediction on that. Zen, hold on a second. Hold on a minute. No, we're not done talking about the prelims. We got to talk about the ESPN Plus UFC Fight Pass headliner prelim. Zen, it's time once again for us to be Joe Piper. Let's go. Joe Piper against Daryl Mearshart is going to be the ESPN Plus UFC Fight Pass early prelim headliner. You can't. It's a can't. It's a can't miss because we because we said it. You can't. You can't miss it. So I'm gonna say Joe Piper get, get, gets it done against your shark. Second. You round. actually. You actually think Joe Piper has a chance? Yes. He's fighting someone with over 50 fights. You literally. You you literally think he has a chance? Against Gerald Mershaw, yes. who's been who's been around forever. Be <laughs> Joe Piper. <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, let's see. See, so yeah, Joe Piper's last fight in the um, uh, last fight in the UFC was his win against Alan Amadovsky in September of 2022. So it's his that first his fight. First back fight. In- 
from get from the infamous from the infamous Beecho Piper rants by Dana. That's uh, ex- I agree, right? And it was during the worst Dana White contenders episode in the history of the show, too. Um, <laughs> and I can say that with confidence because I sat through the entire thing and I have massive regrets about that. So, um, uh, let's see. Hang on, and then. If you look at Gerald Mershaw, who's been in the UFC for a long time, uh, he's 10-7 and 7 in the UFC, and he's coming off of a guillotine win against Bruno Silva in August of 22. So they're both coming off wins. So, yeah, and I mean, and I mean, Gerald Mershaw has wins, and his losses aren't exactly that bad. Christoph Jocko, I mean, Christoph Jocko is a little questionable, but... Hamza he, wa- he lost to Hamza Chemayev before anybody really knew who Hamza Chemayev was. That was Chemayev's big coming out party when, when he knocked out Mershard. Ian Heinish, Kevin Holland, which is a split decision, uh, Jack Hermanson, Eric Anders, Tiago oh, Santos. Tiago well, Santos, Santos, Santos now is hilarious given where he is in his career now. <laughs> yeah. So. But you know what, Zan, I I'm in screw it mode right now. So I went screw it. I'm going with uh, I was going with Chris Curtis knocking out uh, Calvin Gaslam. I say screw it. Joe Piper's being Gerald Mearshart. You you think he's going to do it in the first round? Because I I do. Two, I say early okay. second. I think Mearshart yeah. is tough enough to get past the first. Interesting. So yeah, I just a reminder to. To be Joe Piper, but especially on Saturday because he has a fight this weekend. Let's go! <laughs> All right, best bets. Uh, I think we both agreed for the main event over three and a half rounds. Yeah, I like Adesanya Pereira over three and a half. Gilbert Burns versus Jorge Masvidal to end inside the distance, and I like Joe Piper money line against Gerald Mershard. Those are my three best bets. I'm going to go. Uh, as I said before, over three and a half rounds for Adesanya versus uh, Pereira, the main event. I'm going to agree with you with the Joe Piper. Uh, you, you said Joe Piper money line. Yeah. Okay, Joe Piper money line, and then I'm going to go. Chris Curtis knocks out Kelvin Gaslam. Uh, well, I have to ask you. Uh, I have to ask you, Tom. Are you interested uh, for your best bets in parlaying them together? <laughs> Oof. Yes. <laughs> yes, I, w- I would do that as a parlay. Very interesting. Oh, well, uh, yeah, I mean, that that's another UFC event to look forward to that's coming up. And uh, not to look too far ahead, uh, we won't talk about this more until next week, but the Kansas City card, which I am sadly not going to be able to attend, unfortunately, it's be fun, even though even though it's six hours away, it will be it will be fun. That's for that's for that's for sure. But of course, we have one Sorry, more we're not fight. To away. We have one more fight to briefly talk about. I know, I know, I know. We got one more fight to briefly talk about. Larissa Pachenko, who's coming off that massive upset against Kayla Harrison, is taking on Strike Force and Bellator veteran Julia Budd. Tom, do you have any sort of thoughts on this fight whatsoever? Pacheco by decision. That's I would my agree. Goal. I would agree. The rest of the card maybe or maybe is not worth watching, so do so at your own discretion. I mean, there, it's heavyweight, so you're guaranteed to see some pretty good knockouts. I think. 
uh, unless this is one of those cards where a lot of heavyweight fights directed to the, to the decision, which case uh, I don't think PFL can afford that after the first card of the season. No, I don't think so either. Um, if that'll be on ESPN two on Friday night for those of you who are curious. Obviously, the last one uh, last week was on ESPN. So um, to wrap up, uh, that was the pretty much the ever developing week in combat sports. As Tom alluded to, he and Nick Morgan are going to cover more of the Endeavor news with the WWE and the UFC as the week uh, goes on a little further. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're, we have some exciting shows coming up the next several weeks with a lot of big fights. So stay tuned uh, for all of that. Um, again, before we get out of here, uh, I'm, I'm Sam Bando. Uh, you can find my work at bjpn.com. Uh, I hit a milestone over the weekend with eclipsing over 4,000 Twitter followers. So if you have not followed me on Twitter yet, you can do so at Zambando99. You can also follow the show at MMA Outsiders ETV. You can follow the Empty the Bench podcast as network across all social media platforms at ETV Network. As Tom alluded to earlier in the show, as his name pops up on the screen, he is a contributor for Fan Sided MMA. You can check out his work there and follow him on Twitter at Thomas J. Albano and at Tom Talks Sports 9. But of course, as we were saying at the very beginning of the show, um, as well as video form, you will also be able to hear this podcast in audio form at a later date. All the details on that are still being worked out. Uh, but again, thank you again for tuning in to another episode of the MMA Outsiders. This has been episode number 32. We're eight episodes away from another milestone at episode 40. So thank you for following along with us. And thank you for enjoying our banner, even, our banter, even though sometimes we do get a little bit off topic of words. But overall, well, this was a successful episode. Tom, do you have any final thoughts? Uh, Not really, just I'm. I'm still trying to figure out, you know, still trying to wrap my mind around the fact that Endeavor now owns both the biggest wrestling company and the biggest MMA company in the world. Pretty, pretty wild stuff. If I do say so myself, that that'll be a developing story in the weeks and months uh, to come. Uh, my final thoughts are that I'm very excited for UFC 287. I've been excited for this card ever since it was announced um, about a month or so ago during Dana White's quarter one announcement. And uh, speaking of quarter two announcements, Dana White said at some point this week we're going to get more clarity on who he's fighting during Q2, which means we'll probably know the main events for UFC 289, 290, 291, and probably 292 in the near future, which also means that we are very, very close to the all-but-coveted UFC 300, which where I hope Jim Miller does compete on that card, considering that he did compete on UFC 100 and UFC 200. But before we get there, Zan, that means we're going to be one step closer to the coveted International Fight Week in July. That is very true, and that'll be a that'll be a full week ordeal with UFC X that'll take place the entire week, culminating with UFC 290 on July 8th, and of course the UFC Hall of Fame ceremony on July 6th, which, as we alluded to last week, has a loaded class. So stay tuned for all of that, and who knows, you might uh you might see me in Vegas. It's I'm playing during that week. I'd like to go to another UFC in Vegas, so I'm looking at that one as a potential. I would go as a fan. I would not go as a media member. That would be, that would be a dream to go, go to one of those as a member of the media, but uh, that is still being worked out, and that is still in the cards. But uh, for anyone watching who's never been to a UFC event in Las Vegas, it is definitely an experience that I certainly 
you will never forget. And if any of you happen to go to Vegas in the near future, you guys won't forget it as well. So that's pretty much all we have. There's going to be a lot of news and notes to break over the next uh, several weeks. So keep it locked in with the MMA Outsiders as we'll do our best to cover anything and everything that is the world of combat sports. And and one last thing, just be Joe Piper. Just be Joe, Joe Piper, Piper. Be, be, be Joe Piper. Watch Joe Piper fight Gerald Mershard and be really excited when Joe and Joe Piper, hopefully, fingers crossed, uh, knock on wood, beats Ger- beats Gerald Mershard uh, too. So there's that. All right. For Zen, I'm Tom. We'll see you next week. Take care, everyone. Take care, everyone. Have a great week and enjoy the fights. <laughs>